0: Welcome to the Balanced Black Girl Podcast. We're putting black girl magic in motion. This show is dedicated to reinventing wellness for women of color. I'm your host, Lestrandra Alfred. Thank you so much for tuning into this week's episode of Balanced Black Girl Podcast. I'm your host, Les, and I am honored to have you listening this week. If you are a new listener, balanced black girl welcome if you are a returning listener welcome back i am so happy to have you again so speaking of i'm not sure if you have yet had a chance to listen to the last episode we published episode 65 all about healing through breath work with guest kathleen booker But ever since that conversation with Kathleen, I have really been leaning into the breath. And honestly, I wanted to start this episode just (laughs) with a big sigh and with a deep breath. Something that has been on my mind lately is just some of the pressure around this time and around navigating the pandemic Not necessarily from the hustle culture. I think that we saw a lot of that when this all started, a lot of the pressure around, you better be finishing this time writing three books and organizing your closets and doing this, that, and the other. And I think by now, a lot of people have realized, "Mm, that's not the move. Maybe if on some days you feel called and inspired to do that, that's great. But that's not necessarily how everyone is going to be coping during this time. However, I do think that I have at least felt pressure around trying to figure out how to help folks navigate this time, trying to figure out how to help you navigate this time. And every time I think, what can I put out there? What can I provide? Honestly, I come up with nothing. And. I was putting a lot of pressure on myself to figure out what do people need? Asking people what they need? How can I help? What can I do? And I was getting a lot of really beautiful, insightful responses, but realizing I am not the one to necessarily have the answers to those things that folks were requesting. And that is okay. Through Balanced Black Girl, I have connected with some incredible women who do wonderful work in the wellness, mindfulness, spirituality, and self-development space. And I realized that though I would love to have this like robust suite of services to take care of everything that you need, mind, body, and soul, that's just not currently the case. And the amazing women that I get to feature on this show and on Instagram, which by the way, if you're not following us at Balanced Black Girl Podcast on Instagram, make sure you do, because we have had some incredible Instagram takeovers that are specifically speaking to a lot of the feedback that folks gave around what they need at this time. We've talked about relationships. We've talked about fitness. We've talked about mental health. It's been really wonderful. But introducing you to those women who do have some of the answers, because I don't think there's any one person or one entity that has all of the answers. This is new for all of us. But some people who may have An answer to a question you may have, it is something, and it is something that is hopefully helpful for someone. And I also really had to check myself around my intentions. You know, was I wanting to just come in and be a martyr and show up as somebody who had all of the answers, or was I really putting forth the resources that I had to be of service to others? And I had to have like a real come to Jesus moment with myself and realize that with my intentions, it was honestly a mix of both, but really taking the ego out of it and also just taking the pressure out of it and I wanted to share that with you one because I like being honest and transparent with you you know you are my people you are my community but two if you have felt that way as well be it feeling like you need to uplift anyone and everyone around you or carry the weight of the world on your shoulders or be the one holding it together for everybody else it is okay to not have all of the answers it is okay to call in for reinforcements if you have it. And it's also really okay to be like, I don't know, or I can get back to you, or I would love to help, but right now I just don't have the capacity or I'm just not able to provide what you're looking for right now and being really honest with ourselves and with others around that. So hopefully that um, was helpful for you if you have been navigating kind of those same feelings that I had been navigating, but remembering to really Take the ego out of it that we're all doing the best we can and each day we can only do the best we can with what we have and that it's okay to show that grace to ourselves and also remember to show that grace to one another that we would also like to receive. I am so excited to dive into today's interview. It is just such a good one, full of jam-packed wellness information. So if you have been looking for ways to really put your own wellness practices front and center, to just really treat your body right, to really implement habits that are going to help you feel your best this episode is totally for you. My guest today is Alina Brown, functional nutritional therapy practitioner, co-founder of WellnessCon and creator of the Aligned Life Planner. Alina creates video content for her wellness YouTube channel called Alina Alive, where she helps her subscribers take practical steps to deepen their wellness journeys. In 2019, Alina co-founded WellnessCon, an outdoor wellness conference based in Los Angeles dedicated to promoting diversity in the wellness space while fostering community for wellness lovers and influencers, and conscious companies. This year, Alina launched the Aligned Life Planner, which is a 2020 planner focused on seasonal intention setting and key astrological events. And I know on this podcast, I've talked about the Aligned Life Planner before. I've said it's a favorite of mine. I have it, and even during all of this stay-at-home, slow-down business, I've still used it consistently to still keep track of important dates, holidays, birthdays, to-do lists, my meeting schedule, and what I really love about the planner is it has key astrological dates as well. So if you are someone who likes to perform rituals around moon cycles and being aware of when new moons are or full moons. It's an amazing, amazing resource. It's also a really great resource for helping you understand seasonal wellness. And we talk about that quite a bit in this episode. We also did talk about WellnessCon, which was the uh, conference that Alina co-founded that I mentioned a little bit earlier. And when we initially had this conversation, it was before 2020 just (laughs) did A number on all of us. So at the time that we recorded this conversation, WellnessCon was still going to be on for June 2020. Obviously, we know that with COVID-19, that has really impacted public events. And so as of right now, wellness con is TBD, but I definitely recommend following Alina, following WellnessCon for updates on the event. I attended and spoke at the 2019 event. And it was just a really, really beautiful gathering. So when Wellness Con is back up and running, when it is safe to do so, I definitely, definitely recommend checking it out. So if you are ready to dive into this episode to learn how to make wellness habits be sustainable, to make them stick, to make them affordable, if you wanna learn about seasonal wellness, if you wanna learn about moon cycles and rituals, building community, we literally talk about all of that in this conversation. It is rich. Alina is just like a wealth of knowledge. She knows so much. She shares so much with us. So without further ado, let's jump into the episode. I know you're going to love this one because it is jam-packed with helpful information. Alina welcome to the show I am so excited to have you you know you are such a multifaceted wellness entrepreneur so much of your work aligns so well with what we do here at Balanced black girl and we just have a lot to dive into today so welcome
1: Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. This is really awesome. I love listening to your podcast. So this feels great.
0: Oh, thank you so much. So for listeners who may not know, we actually met in person last year, originally at your first Wellness Con, which we're going to talk quite a bit more about Wellness Con. And then we're gearing up for Wellness Con year two, which we'll also kind of dive more into. But first, I would just love for our listeners to get to know you a little bit better. So what What sparked your wellness journey and interest in wellness?
1: Yeah, so I'd say maybe it was my freshman year in university, and I was just exploring what I wanted to major in, and I remember learning about our medical system in the U.S., and it completely shocked me (laughs) to learn that we were one of the only quote-unquote first world countries or developed nations that had a for-profit system, and it kind of sent me down this rabbit hole. I'm just a curious person, so I just went down a rabbit hole learning more about it and learning basically story short, some of the top killers in the United States or causes of death are preventable. And a lot of them are based off of lifestyle along with genetics, but a large portion of it is lifestyle. And it completely fascinated me to learn that the foundation of a lot of these um, medical systems that were focused on prevention had to do with just education. And, you know, I'm sure that a lot of people have seen the documentary Supersize Me and have heard a lot about the state of the average Western American And I learned a lot about that. And I came to the conclusion that I'm sure many of us had that the state of our health in the US isn't necessarily a reflection of our intelligence, but more so a reflection of our education and just better understanding our bodies and learning how to check in with ourselves and learning about the holistic aspect of our health and how a lot of that is actually in our power. And so I just, you know, I love learning about that. And that led me to learning about nutrition. And then that's when I decided to dive into nutrition. And from there after being so scared and overthinking it for a year started a YouTube channel <laughs> that's where I created content on all things holistic health everywhere from trying out holistic health trends to see if it's a buzz or if it's real and something that could be applicable to just talking about foods that are good for maybe if you're having your cycle what can help you with that or foods that can help you for your brain or for your mood and so I got into that and after and finally being a part of a community that I felt so a part of, which is this sort of, I like to call it a movement. I think it's so awesome. And I think that you're a part of it too. That is just women, a lot of times women of color who were looking at our communities and we're thinking, wow, I think it's time for me as an individual to start taking care of myself on a deeper level, but also helping people around me feel the same way, feeling balanced. And that's kind of where the idea of WellnessCon came about. After learning these things and being a part of the YouTube online community for years, I felt like we should have a a place where we can all get together once a year and actually meet our friends online in person, where we can all geek out about health and learn about how do I create a platform if I want to and things like that.
0: I actually think that that's an amazing synopsis. Like you shared so much of yourself in such a short amount of time that I'm I'm excited to go deeper on some of the things that you said because that was awesome. I really love what you said about education and education being such an important tool for wellness. Because up until recent years, I feel like reliable information around wellness and wellness practices and just being considerate of what we're putting on and in our bodies was not readily available or you really had to be like it sounds like you were super motivated to go out there and do a lot of research and figure things out on your own. And it's only been the past few years that platforms have been devoted to teaching us more about our health and wellness in an applicable way and I think your YouTube channel is such a great platform for that. And for folks who may not be as big of a marketing nerd as me may not know that outside of Google, YouTube is the biggest search engine in the world. So when we want to figure out how to do something or learn something, first we Google it, then we YouTube it to learn, right? So for you, having a YouTube channel where you cover all things holistic health, I mean, you have everything from hair tutorials, skincare tips, nutrition advice, what has been maybe your favorite? favorite topic to cover or something that you were kind of researching that you either didn't know before, but were really excited to learn about?
1: I would say, and I guess I'm biased because my chosen profession really is being a holistic nutritionist. So I'm sure we'll talk about it later, but I'm a certified functional nutritional therapy practitioner. So my favorite videos are when I can just do a deep dive on just one food. So I have videos that are kind of evergreen videos that have stood the test of time that are just on one specific food. So what are the health benefits of turmeric? What's the best way to eat it? What's the hype? What are the things that you should know? I just love diving into things like that, diving into the health benefits of ginger or the health benefits of you name it, matcha, and learning about the medical research on it, learning about the hype as well, and kind of boiling it down into something that can be digestible for five minutes that just so people can kind of get a sense of what it is if they see an article or a new health trend. I try to just boil it down. little bit.
0: That's so good, though, because that makes it so accessible. If someone is like, I hear the word turmeric, people tell me it's good for me. I don't need a bunch of information about other things. I'm just trying to learn about turmeric. Like That's such a good way to provide that information.
1: Yeah, definitely. And It's fun creating the visual. And I think that for anyone who wants to, I don't know, get into the online space, whether you're maybe a practitioner or someone who loves learning about these things and wants to share it, YouTube, for me, it's been a great consistent medium because I enjoy learning about how to properly communicate big ideas and boil them down. And there's so many modes for that. You know, there's podcasting, there's blogging, there's Instagram, now there's TikTok. I'm seeing people on there talking about health topics. And I'm very thankful to just be curious and through that curiosity, I was able to find a medium where I felt like I could express those things in a nice way.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. So I would also love to talk a little bit more about your work in nutrition. As you mentioned, you are a functional nutritional therapy practitioner, uh, which is sometimes shortened to NTP. So what is an NTP?
1: a nutritionist, but we like to look at, instead of just reading out maybe what your food and mood journal is, and maybe you tell us what you want to work on, we dive deeper into the holistic aspect of things. And that includes learning about what's your day-to-day life like, learning about not only what your goals are and what you eat, but also how your digestion has been. Getting a lot of details about your life to see how that impacts your digestive tract. So basically, when I'm working one-on-one with somebody, I will send them a very in-depth questionnaire to get to know the person and what their lifestyle is like. And then we kind of go step by step to look at the different systems within the body and we go kind of a north to south process. So that's basically how our digestion works. So it starts when it enters our mouth and it goes all the way through (laughs) until we go to the restroom. And there's many different steps within that that we focus on. Another aspect of it is definitely, for me, the educational aspect, teaching my clients one-on-one more about their body and helping them translate what their body is trying to tell them. Oftentimes, I feel like in our culture, we're going through a period where we're constantly telling our body what to do. So we're telling our body when to sleep, when to wake up, you know, okay, now you need to be energized. And oftentimes, this can lead to a culmination of health issues. And we think, oh, I need to have this trending health food or this trending herb or this thing that will be my magic pill to help me get back to balance. When in reality, there's pillars to nutrition and to our life that we need to focus on, which can with hydration. It can start with incorporating more live foods into our diet. And so after getting to know the client, I tried to customize that and help them better understand what their body is trying to tell them.
0: That is so cool. It sounds like with the work you do as an NTP, it's really about taking that 360 degree view at what someone's health looks like and how nutrition can support that.
1: It's incredibly, it's wild communicating with clients. And even when I was first starting out, Learning about myself. Sometimes when we're irritable, we're tired. A lot of that can have to do with the type of food we ate, whether or not we ate, whether or not we're sleeping properly, the timing of our food before we go to sleep. All of these things can impact so much that can send ripple effect a- into our lives. And when we're able to stop and kind of take account for those things and just start with small steps with the guidance of someone else, it can really make a difference. It's so fun. But the biggest thing, aspect of it is really just teaching the clients and teaching people how to be more in tune with our bodies. Gosh, totally. And
0: I mean, even just hearing you give a brief synopsis of that, it makes me realize how complex our bodies are. And it makes the whole idea of calories in calories out seems so laughable because our bodies are so complex and there's so much at play that it just is so much more complex than that.
1: Even when I'm making videos, I have to stop. It can be hard to boil down things because there's so many details to it all because calories in, calories out, that is so fundamental and that is so great to start with, but then there's the side where we focus too much on calories. There's so many things, but absolutely. It's really cool though.
0: Totally. For sure. And amazing that you can take an educational approach to really Teach your clients about their bodies because, at least I remember in my time working in fitness, it just seems like so many of us are not taught how to listen to or understand what's going on with our bodies. We take everything as either black or white, right or wrong, but our bodies give us so much information and learning how to interpret that information is so valuable.
1: Absolutely. And the thing about when I work with clients, whether it's one on one or if I have a course or anything like that, is that. I don't want them to be dependent on me. I want them to take the information. And once you know those things, it can do wonders for you in the long term without having to refer back to it because you know what your body's telling you. So yeah, it's really, it can be so powerful to get to know what your body's saying.
0: Oh my gosh. Absolutely. Which is so, so good.
1: One of the other uh, videos I actually
0: noticed on your YouTube channel, and this was recently, was you had a really awesome video about... Eating healthy on a budget or like five ways to kind of save money on your grocery bill. I know that that is something that's at the top of mind for a lot of folks, just how eating healthy in a lot of ways can be expensive or a lot of things that are marked up or kind of made inaccessible for a lot of people. So we'll make sure we have that video linked in the show notes because it had some really great tips. I'm curious, what are some other ways you like to make healthy living affordable and accessible?
1: Oh, well, I think one tip that I didn't include in the video was not being afraid to get frozen vegetables. Always having them in your freezer and ready to just add to a meal. I definitely have a huge bag of frozen broccoli. So that one's a great way to do it. The other thing is about frozen food. What's interesting is that not only is frozen food on average per pound usually cheaper than raw vegetables, if we're specifically talking about vegetables, but oftentimes when we have raw vegetables, vegetables in the grocery store, usually they're picked before they're actually ripe and farmers factor in the amount of time that it will take from the farm for it to get to the actual grocery store. And they basically, okay, we'll have it ripen on its way to the grocery store. And what we see with vegetables and fruit is that the nutrient is at a higher rate the longer you wait for it to ripen on the vine or when it's connected to its roots or to the tree. And so with frozen food, what's really cool is that oftentimes they're picked at the peak of ripeness because they immediately flash freeze it and then they send it over to the grocery stores. And so you're getting slightly more nutrients, even though it's slightly cheaper when you get frozen fruits and veggies. So that's something that I like to do. And it's so great if you make soups and things like that. Another thing that is great when you want to stay on budget, a lot of times we can feel overwhelmed by all of the sales and all the discounts, especially when they send them in the mail to you. And something that I always try to have my clients do is take inventory of your staple foods. So if you're always getting rice, if you're always getting bananas, if you're always getting a specific type of bread, focus first on finding deals on those things. That way that can be a consistent sort of guide of what grocery store you want to go to first because other things will vary, but having those staples, a good source of that is a great first step.
0: Those are such good tips. I especially love the getting your staples on sale tip because I feel like seeing random things that are on sale, it can be very tempting to buy it, even if you don't have a use for it. And I also know there have been times where I've overspent buying so many things that are like, quote unquote, on sale, because those things still add up. And having kind of that core budget of those core items is such a good tip. Definitely. I love that. So one thing I would love to circle back to is when we were talking about your nutrition, the kind of pillars of health and wellness that you would have clients focus on. I'm curious if you could tell us what these key pillars are and kind of how individuals can start getting a feel for whether or not they need to do work in these areas.
1: So I would say the first pillar would definitely be nutrition. I would say specifically the foods that you're consuming, making sure they are real foods. Right now, when we look at sort of the history of humans and our relationship to food, we're in a very unique era of having access to a lot of different processed foods Many preservatives, and our bodies haven't caught up to that sort of revolution within the food industry. Our bodies are still looking for raw whole foods, and so it can be easy to forget that. So, really important is looking for whole foods, finding locally grown foods if you can, but something going into that specifically, and I'll probably mention that within these pillars is that there's good, better, and best. The best is like organic, raw, locally grown. You went to the farmer's market, you cooked it the day of. So that's best in our minds. And then there's good. So there's good, better, and the best. So I would say going from best better would be just getting raw food if you can and cooking it at home so it doesn't matter if it's organic gmo just making sure that you're getting that fiber in that you're getting in foods that are higher in nutrient density because they haven't been processed and then better is even if it is processed making sure that you add in vegetables so I definitely, one of the first pillars is that nutritional aspect, but specifically getting your whole foods in. Another aspect to this pillar is movement. Now with movement, where it intertwines with nutrition is that we have to have movement to help our body digest our food, to help with circulation, and to actually help our body uh, properly absorb certain nutrients. It's one thing to eat the food, and it's a whole other thing for there to be bioavailability where our body actually wants to absorb it and when we have regular movement it can actually increase the likelihood that our body absorbs all those nutrients and so good would be going for a walk in the morning. That's something I actually have recently been doing. I recently moved and I haven't been able to go to the gym. And rather than being like, oh, I need to go to the gym and do these things every single day, I'm allowing myself to just focus on going for a morning walk for maybe 20 or 30 minutes. Better would be to maybe go for a run or maybe follow a YouTube video that's maybe 30 minutes to an hour long. And then best would be to, you could do any of those things, combine them or you can also go out and then go to a class and have that be a regular occurrence. So maybe a gym. So movement is very, very important and also helps with our detox pathways. So when it comes to detoxing, we focus on, oh, okay, I'm gonna do a detox. I'm gonna do a juicing detox and I'm going to take maybe these herbal supplements and cool, my body will release all these things. But what's really important, what we focus on as NTPs is making sure our detox pathways are open. So one of our detox pathways obviously is bowel movements. Another one is through urination. Another one is through sweating. And so looking at these pathways and making sure that they're open is super important. So when we're exercising and we're sweating, that is a mode of helping us detox. When we're also not only drinking the juice and maybe taking these herbs, but making sure we're having fiber through whole foods, we're also helping to promote regular bowel movements. When we're staying hydrated, we're also promoting urination, also helping with this elimination. So that's really important. Another pillar is stress management. So when it comes to digestion, when it comes to cravings, when it comes to eating in proportion, what we oftentimes focus on is the food. And we focus on, okay, well, maybe I shouldn't have these chips in the house and I shouldn't do this and that. And those are all important. But when we're stressed out, stress, feeling stress can impact our hormone levels. It increases cortisol, which can specifically result in stomach fat in that specific area. It can increase inflammation. When we don't sleep regularly, that can also increase certain hormones to make us hungry. So checking in with ourselves and seeing our stress levels and seeing where those are sourced from can really be an indicator of whether or not specific cravings might stem from there, specific food choices and so much more. Next on there, sleep specifically. What's interesting with that when it comes to our eating habits, when we don't have enough sleep or when we maybe pull an all-nighter, that can promote the release of ghrelin, which is a hunger hormone, which tells us, hey, you need to have salty, fatty foods right now at 2 a.m. And it can send ripple effect there. But yeah, there's a few others. I can maybe provide a link for you. Uh,
0: amazing. Yes, I would love a link to more information about that. Just want to do a quick recap for everybody, because I think that was so helpful. So the pillars we talked about were nutrition, movement, and stress management, including sleep. And I love the good, better, best model, because I think a lot of the information and programming we get. is just around strive for best all the time. And if you can't do best, don't bother. But that's just so not true. And good is amazing. And I think really having that model for how we approach each of these things is just such a great way to make these practices sustainable and accessible.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. This happens to me oftentimes, and I need to check in with myself and realize that especially with social media, (laughs) looking at things online, it's very easy to see highlight reels. Even within the health and wellness world, we can look and see, oh my gosh, they are just on it with their meditation game. They're just on it with their you know, raw food diet. They're always going and doing these things. And that's great. Everyone to set an example and talk about what they're winning at. But it's also important to remember that we can all start wherever we're at. And I believe the quote, I'm probably going to butcher it, they bloom or grow where you've been planted. Oh, that is a big one that I try to encourage clients with and anybody who wants help when it comes to health and nutrition, you got to start where you're at.
0: So, so good. And such a good reminder, because it can be so easy to compare ourselves to what other folks are doing, eating, not eating, how they're moving, how they're living. But ultimately, I think just really having that presence within ourselves, To do the best we can in each moment and know that, you know, a healthier choice is just one choice away. It doesn't have to be Monday or January or whatever, it can be that very next choice and just focusing on one thing at a time.
1: I completely agree. So
0: good. Thank you so much for those health tips, man. These are just like, I'm over here taking notes because I need these too. (laughs) So I would love to pivot a little bit. And this is where I get very excited. I would love to talk about astrology a little bit. So a couple of things here. I mean, we're not necessarily going to get into the astrology of like people's signs and, and charts and things like that, because that's very individual. But I would love to talk to you a bit more about the Aligned Planner, which is the astrology-based planner that you created. I have one. I love it. I use it every day to plan my life and get myself together. Why was it important to you to create a resource that helps us kind of align our goals with the stars, the moon, the seasons? And also, I realized I kind of jumped the gun a little bit. How would you describe the Aligned Planner for those who may not be familiar with it?
1: Okay, for sure. No problem. So the Aligned Life Planner, I can consider it an astrology planner. And it's basically a day-to-day planner where you have your monthly calendar and then week-to-week calendar where you can write out your to-dos. But it basically includes a dedicated full moon page and a dedicated new moon page where you can write out your intentions for the next month under the new moon. Or you can write out what you want to release during the full moon. And it also has notifications for every astrological event within 2020. So that includes every single eclipse, retrograde, Let's see equinox solstice and of course the full and new moon so when you're looking at your monthly calendar there's symbols and it tells you when it's going to happen what sign it's in and kind of going into the process behind it mm-hmm. we wanted to create something where we could set goals and we could create them and basically boil them down into actionable steps but we could still stay aligned with nature oh that's another detail So every season, there's a seasonal guide. So basically this planner, I made it because I feel like I'm not alone in that I have been getting more in tune, I guess I would say with the moon and its phases and the seasons. And I've always been very curious to see how would it look if I framed my life in alignment with that. I feel like also we've been talking a lot more about just kind of like winding down, maybe not winding down, but kind of getting out of this sort of like hustle culture which I'm still working on. I felt like this planner was a great way to overlap the two. Um, I first had the idea back in university. I remember writing out in a calendar what I need to do for the week and thinking it'd be so cool to have a planner that told me when the full and new moon was. So I could kind of also plan out when I wanted to take a time to kind of just get centered and write out what my intentions were. So I could just stay aligned with my goals, you know, because it can get hectic. Um, And so, yeah, that's, that's kind of where that came out of and I wasn't confident enough to actually make it and put it into physical form until about maybe almost a year ago now. And that came from kind of just working on different projects, whether it was YouTube or Wellness Con. And I slowly built up the confidence. And I like to tell people, I feel like everyone has a quote unquote million dollar idea or everyone has an innovative idea. It's a matter of whether or not you decide to kind of sit down and and you know kind of flesh it out. And if you have people around you who are who support you and you just feel that inner confidence. And I felt that and I'm very thankful that I did. Because yeah, this planner is super cool. I mean, I'm biased. It really does. For me anyway, it helps me slow down when I'm like writing out what I want to do.
0: Oh, for sure. Well, and I just have to say I really appreciate you Being so open and honest about having the idea, you know, a while ago, taking the time to kind of build up the confidence to put it out there. Because I think a lot of people, if they maybe would only see you on social media or have only followed this on social media, think, well, like, she runs this conference. She did a Kickstarter for this planner. The Kickstarter met its goal in, like, a day. Like, she just totally feels great about everything. But knowing that you actually did a lot of inner work to really build the confidence to put this out there... I think is just something that I really, really appreciate hearing.
1: And specifically, kind of going back into that, I I definitely don't think I would have had the confidence to do it if I hadn't gotten my feet wet and tried other things. And I feel like a lot of our inner talk of what we think we're capable of, that comes from the little things that we do throughout the day and throughout our months and years. And it's kind of evidence for ourselves. So by trying new things and seeing how it worked, that gave me evidence on a deeper level, like no, you can create something, you know, you can do something. It doesn't have to be this astronomical thing. You can put something out and see how it goes. And just by having that foundation, I guess, that's where I felt confident to do it. And what was cool about it, what I like about this too, is that it was kind of slow cooked. I took all of the summer to just silently be in my room to actually make it. And it originally started as just astrology. And then I was thinking, ooh, like, what about the seasons, man? Like, what are the seasons telling us? And that's another thing that I want to also make a point of is that there's so much that's in this planner that I have learned from my ancestors. I have learned from Ayurvedic practices, from traditional Chinese medicine practices. And these are things that our ancestors had been doing for centuries. Yes. They essentially didn't have any choice but to pay attention to the seasons and act accordingly. And I think that in our generation in the last like 100 years, because we've been able to create light and create shelter. it's not a necessity oftentimes and a perfect example is in a time like this in the winter going into the spring seasonal affect disorder is a very big deal and a lot of that comes from our lifestyle habits and the fact that the sun is setting earlier in the day. And because we have artificial light, which is so great, it can also make it so our circadian rhythm is off and we don't go to sleep with the sun. And so having seasonal reminders of like, hey, just so you know, the sun is setting sooner, try to turn off the blue light on your devices and consider eating vegetables and warming herbs to keep you warm through the colder winter months. These are all things that our ancestors did and that it can help us to stay healthy as we plan and actualize what we wanna do.
0: Oh my gosh, totally. I just loved everything that you said. And really, it's about working with our bodies as well and and kind of how our bodies want to operate and move through life during each season is totally different. And I think getting in touch with that and understanding that is so helpful. So circling back a little bit to the astrology piece, because I know I, I got us just all around and talk about this and talk about that. I am curious... Because in the Align Life Planner, there are specific pages each month for both the new moon and full moon. For those who are maybe unfamiliar, why are these events significant? So why is it important to know when the new moon is every month or to acknowledge the full moon every month? Like, What do these things mean and how can folks start creating rituals and practices around this event if they're interested in doing so?
1: Absolutely. The new moon, when we look to the moon, it looks like it isn't there, right? The light has gone away from it and it essentially looks empty. And so generally, many cultures have looked to the new moon as a blank slate. It's a time where we can write out and kind of decide what we want to create in our lives, what our plans are. And as the light returns to the moon and it leads up to the full moon, it's almost like a culmination. It's the light coming back and slowly building. And so we look just like we're looking to nature and reflecting that back on our lives. We can do that when we see the new moon. And what I like about it is that we all want to set goals. We all want to check in what are our quarterly, what's our quarterly performance? What's our, you know, quarterly goals? But I like the idea of doing those things and staying on track with what we want to do in our lives in alignment with the moon. And so that's what the new moon's purpose is. It's a, a time of setting intentions. And so in the Align Life Planner, there's a section for you to do that. And there's also, I added a chart for you to boil down what it is that you want to manifest into actionable steps, going from seasonal intentions all the way to weekly routine and daily habit. And then the full moon is a time where that light has built up. It's the peak of the sun's light reflecting onto the moon. And so for centuries, we've looked at that as a culmination. That's why in the Farmer's Almanac, they say the full moon is a time time of harvest. It's a time of reflecting on what has built up. What is the culmination of the intentions that you set two weeks ago during the new moon or maybe even a year ago at this time? And so the full moon is a time to reflect on what has happened. What were the ripple effects of your actions? And it's a time of releasing. So based off of those reflections, what do you want to let go of what it's a time to write out? Maybe there's certain habits that I want to let go of there's certain mindsets that I'm ready to release. Maybe there's even certain people or environments that are not conducive to where you want to go long-term. And so the full moon is a monthly time where you can sit and reflect on those things and think like, cool, over the last few weeks... I have been actually improving on this thing. And you're able to reflect on the performance of it all and then release that. And so what I like to do for a full moon ritual is among many things, specifically once those things are written out, I've designed the Align Life Planner so you can actually rip out the full moon page once you've written out what you want to release and you can either burn it or destroy it. And that's that energetic release of what you no longer want in your life.
0: That was just such a good explanation of the two events and how they work together And gosh, that's just so helpful, thank you.
1: Yay, no problem.
0: Yeah, so one other thing that I'd love to talk to you about kind of along the same lines is smudging because you also have a really great video on your YouTube channel all about just how to get started smudging, but I would love to kind of review that a little bit here and then we'll also have the video linked in the show notes. So for those who are not familiar with smudging, what is it and why is it beneficial?
1: Right. So smudging is, generally speaking, the act of burning dried herbs. So that can include anything from sage to um, palisanto, to Even lemongrass, you can burn rosemary. And it's something that has been done for centuries. Uh, the most referred to culture has been Native American culture. And right now, the most trendy I guess, sort of, or not trendy, but the most talked about herb to use has been sage. And something that I do want to know is that it's very important when you're looking for what herb to smudge, that you make sure that it's sourced ethically. There's a lot of brands that are not sourcing it ethically. And there's a lot of Native American groups that are speaking out about it because it's becoming endangered in certain parts of North America. So I just wanted to add that in. What's really, really interesting to me about it is that smudging dates all the way back to ancient Egypt. It's actually been noted that even Cleopatra used it And what I think is so fascinating about it is that there's so many practices that they had that we can actually look at the benefits now from a scientific perspective, and it actually corroborates a lot of it. So specifically with smudging, a lot of times it's done to energetically cleanse you. We produce an aura, we produce a vibe, vibrations that come from us, and a lot of times that can have stagnant energy. Maybe you were stressed out and you want to maybe release that energy, what a lot of people do is they will burn a little bit of sage palisanto, lemongrass and herb and then they'll open their window and let that smoke enter the space and then let it leave through the window and what's really interesting about it is that when you specifically burn sage it produces negative ions and negative ions are really interesting because they have been associated with improving circulation with lifting our mood and so much more it's really really cool and what's also interesting is that electronic devices can be monitored and measured for the amount of positive ions that they release. And positive ions have been associated with lower energy, lower circulation, and foggy brain. And it's really interesting because our laptops, our phones, so many things release them and it's not really talked about a lot. But specifically going back to negative ions, another way that you can actually get negative ions is by being next to a waterfall, being by the ocean, being by lakes where there's moving water. All of these things actually release negative ions ions. And it's pretty interesting how when we're around these areas, we oftentimes naturally just feel good. We feel more up and energized. So going back to burning sage, if we want to create that in our space, generally speaking, you just burn a little bit of it and let just a little bit of the smoke enter your room. Maybe it's your bedroom or your whole living space and making sure that your windows are open and making sure that not too much smoke enters the room obviously because of you know we don't want to suffocate but yeah that's generally what smudging is and do you have any
0: resources that folks can use for either finding ethically sourced sage and palo santo or are there kind of alternatives available if folks can't find
1: that Most definitely. So a great alternative that I like to recommend is rosemary. Rosemary is a very common plant that is planted all over, even in neighborhoods, but you can easily get them from the supermarket and you can dry it yourself. So that's something that you can do. And then at the top of my head, I can't think of a specific brand, but I will make sure to give you a link. That way, if people want to learn about it, you'll have one.
0: Amazing. Thank you so much. We'll link that in the show notes because that is super helpful. You're just teaching us all of the things today, Alina. So, so good. So I would love to kind of bring this back around to where we started. As I mentioned at the beginning of the conversation, we first met, well, in person. We interacted before that, but we met in person for the first time last year at the first Wellness Con, which you talked to us a little bit about kind of the inspiration behind wanting to create community. But I would love to to dive into that a little bit more to talk about what Wellness Con is and how it came to be.
1: Absolutely. So Wellness Con is a two-day outdoor wellness conference, and it's currently set in Los Angeles. And the main intention behind all of it is to promote diversity and accessibility in the wellness space. There's been a lot of very important conversation around the level of accessibility with a lot of wellness techniques that are put out into the world. A big reference is goop, for example, and other just other brands in general where they say, Oh, we have the key to wellness and it's this fifty dollar turmeric tea. And so I Basically, I wanted to create a space where we can come together and we can learn about these things and we can talk face-to-face with an Ayurvedic pr- practitioner or maybe someone who practices Reiki, guided meditation, sound baths all of these things within holistic health and there isn't a huge sort of monetary gatekeeper. But practically speaking, on both days of Wellness Con, it serves two main camps and that is the wellness lover, someone who wants to learn more about it. They want to come together, have a chill weekend where they can geek out with their friends and do yoga and have, you know, delicious tea and drinks and just have a nice chill time where we can feed our brains and learn from panels and workshops. And then there's the other camp, which are wellness practitioners, content creators, and people who essentially want to learn about how to create an online brand. How do I translate my traditional education from university, from getting my certifications, from becoming a doctor? How do I translate that into a podcast, into a YouTube channel, into a blog and make it viable? And I feel like a lot of what Wellness Con is, it came from me being on YouTube and learning a lot of these things and putting it out and feeling like, oh, my God, I love this community, but I also somehow feel isolated, <laughs> you know, and I came across people like yourself, people like Earth Mama Medicine, who also has a YouTube channel and just other people who I thought, oh, it'd be so cool if we could all get together and learn from one another what our journeys were and just be in the real world on a sunny day in nature. And it was a big idea that at first I was like, I have no idea how this is going to happen, but this would be incredible. And then I met my co-founder, Danielle Della Valle, and I brought it up with her and I was like, I know this is crazy. This is a big thing and this probably won't happen. And she was someone who just really affirmed my idea. And she was like, no I think we can do this let's do it and let's do it with a thousand people and she was like um we can do it in a year so that's kind of the story of it basically took a year to kind of build and coordinate and it was a lot a lot a lot of work but the first year I feel very proud of and it feels really good to be going into the second year which will be this June in LA and knowing kind of what's going to happen a little bit more and just feeling almost it feels less like okay we're putting on this conference and it has to be this this and this and now it feels a little bit more like oh I get to meet up with my friends again you know, we get to talk about all the things that we love and learn face to face like, hey, how did you start your YouTube channel? Hey, like, what do I need to know when it comes to this podcasting aspect and just be humans vibing out in LA.
0: (laughs) So good. Such a good time. I mean, I know I really enjoyed it last year. I'm excited to go again this year. And it is just the people there are just so lovely. And everyone there is there for kind of the common goal of wanting to connect and wanting to promote being well and it's just it's a really really beautiful community that you've created
1: thank you and might I add for for the listeners if you don't already know but Lestranja was actually our opening keynote speaker for day one of wellness con and it was incredible it was so so nice to have you and I feel like your story and your journey embodies what I feel like a lot of the people there what we all want to learn and to embody which is I'm speaking from an outsider looking in, obviously, who is taking things day by day and going along with the journey and following your curiosity and your passion and creating something that people really love and that they can continually come back to. So I think everything you're doing is incredible. And I'm just happy to even be on this podcast right now. Oh, my goodness.
0: Well, thank you so much. I mean, I'm so happy to have you. And I so appreciate you trusting me with kind of opening up the first event last year, which is like your baby. So I appreciate you creating the space and allowing me to come in and and share my story. And I know I connected with so many incredible people that I've either had on the podcast since or people who have become really good friends of mine now that I am local to LA. It's just been such a beautiful opportunity. So thank you for including me in it. Absolutely. Yeah. So if folks are interested in attending this year, what do they need to know?
1: If you are interested in attending, I would say Check out our Instagram. It's at WellnessCon because we're going to be doing takeovers with a lot of the speakers so you can kind of get to know and get a feel for the vibe, so to speak, of what the conference will be. We're going to be doing giveaways. There's a lot of stuff going on there. And of course, our website it's wellnesscon.co. A lot of times people think .com, but it's .co. And both of those platforms, you can get tickets as well.
0: Amazing. So we will have the social media information and links to tickets in the show notes so that folks who are listening to this episode before the event in June are able to go. But we would love to see you there because I'm planning to go again this year as well. Yeah. So Alina, for you, I mean, clearly we have learned so much from you in this episode. (laughs) You are just so multi faceted, manage several different businesses and aspects of business, create incredible educational content. How do you take care of you?
1: Mm. More recently, the biggest thing that I do is a morning routine. Yeah. And it's been pretty simple over the last week. Like I mentioned, I moved, so I don't put too much pressure on myself. But what I like to do is go for a morning walk and I'll either listen to a podcast or talk to my mom. <laughs> and that movement, it just, I feel like in general, once, if I conquer my morning then that can send a ripple effect into the rest of the day and also journaling. And that's definitely helped. And actually you, your content about journaling and you talking about that has really, really motivated me specifically has helped me to process the millions of thoughts in my head Yep. and really helped me to even ask myself, okay, why am I worried about this? Where is it coming from? And having it on a piece of paper really helps me. So those are the two things, journaling and walking.
0: So incredible. I mean, those are two of my favorite practices as well. It really doesn't get more simple, but therapeutic than those two things. So good. So Alina, what does being a balanced Black girl mean to you?
1: Oh, being a balanced Black girl to me means taking care of myself and making sure that I feel good. And when I see things are imbalanced in my outside world, rather than immediately kind of going into that, checking in with myself and saying, what's up? You know, <laughs> what have I been relaxing on and kind of just honoring what my body is trying to tell me that is like just the ultimate. That's the ultimate gem right
0: there. Checking in with ourselves and understanding what we need is one of the best things we can do. So thank you so much for sharing that. Yeah. So how can our audience keep in touch with you? I know after everything that everyone learned from you today, they're gonna be coming for you. Like, teach me more. I want to know more about this. So how can folks keep in touch?
1: I would say on YouTube, you can look up Alina Alive and then on Instagram, I'm hey, I'm at hey Alina Alive.
0: So good. And we'll have all of your information linked in the show notes as well. Alina, thank you so much for coming on the show today.
1: Thank you for having me. It's such an honor. I seriously, I love your podcast. Thank
0: you. Thank you so much for tuning into this week's episode of Balanced Black Girl Podcast. I hope you enjoyed listening to that conversation with Alina as much as I enjoyed having it with her. During our conversation, I literally have pages of notes just from all of the tips that she was sharing of dope wellness advice. So many things that I've implemented into my own life since this conversation with her. And I hope that you had the opportunity to do the same. I get asked a lot how folks can support Balanced Black Girl, and honestly, the best thing you can do if you feel called to do so is to leave a rating and a review on Apple Podcasts. Leaving a rating, leaving a review is so important. It is how the show stays in the charts. It is how folks find us. It is really, really important for growing this community and making sure that our guest stories get heard and also making sure that those women who are seeking this content and advice that they see it and that it reaches them. So if you feel so called to leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts, I would really, really appreciate it. And I also wanted to share this week's special review. So this week's five-star review is titled, Mom, I Am a Rich Man, which also, shout out to that. If you know that quote, it's from Cher. She's not a black girl, but that's, I mean, you know, it's Cher. We still love Cher. And she had that famous quote that said, You know, her mom said to her, when are you going to settle down and marry a rich man? And Cher said, mom, I am a rich man. Shout out to that. That's not the review, but that's the title of the review. And I really, really messed with it. So anyways, getting back to the five star review, it says, I've heard episodes featuring four different therapists who were all amazing. And it is so encouraging to hear from someone who looks like me and to know that I'm not the only one who struggles. So mom, I am a rich man. Thank you so much for leaving that review. I love featuring therapists on this platform because I think getting to hear from black women therapists is so important. There are so many therapists who specialize in different things. And if there's Anything that I want to impart onto you, it is that you are never alone. Even if you are going through something and you don't see people immediately around you who are going through the same thing, know that somebody somewhere has been through what you're going through or is going through it along with you and that you are never alone. So if those conversations help you feel less alone, I am so glad to hear it. Thank you so much for tuning into the show and thank you so much for that review. And that is it for this week's episode. We will be back in two weeks, the end of the month for our next interview. Thank you so much for tuning in.